Uh, it's our honored tradition that the Bishop of Alabama would lead off of our annual series, and so we're mighty glad uh, to have him with us this morning. John McKee Sloan was elected Bishop of Alabama this summer, and he was seated on January 7, 2012. Uh, his bio is in your Linton brochure that you should have. If you don't have one, there's some uh, in the rear of the church there uh, that you can uh, look over and read about Key, but Key, uh, it's great to have you with us, and thank you for being with us. Tomorrow and Friday, uh, our sermon will be delivered by the Reverend Dr. Canon uh, Kendall Harmon. He is the canon theologian of the Diocese of South Carolina, and also the editor of Anglican Digest. That's tomorrow and Friday. Bishop Sloan will preach to us after we sing hymn number 142. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> so if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of God, be reconciled to God. We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Today we celebrate Ash Wednesday in the church all over the world. We begin the long season of Lent, a time designed by the church for centuries to see ourselves more fully as we are, not the way we would like to be, to poke holes through in those facades and fronts that we put up, so that we can see that we are sinful, broken, lost, hurting people. That we are, you and I, the reasons that Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday. So that we can come to the empty tomb on Easter morning and say that we are the reason that Christ rose from death and reconciled, reconciled to God. The colic for Ash Wednesday that Brother Frank just led us in says, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wickedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. If we go through Lent and never go through Good Friday, if we go through Lent and never get to Good Friday, then we will convince ourselves that we are worthless, nothing but sinfulness, and beneath God's notice or compassion. If we get to Good Friday and don't go on to Easter, then we'll see that our Lord has given us a great gift 
but we will not allow ourselves to open it. All of Lent points to Good Friday, and Good Friday invites us to hope in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we're here, so that we can bring ourselves to that moment. I grew up in Vicksburg, Mississippi, which is where the Waterways Experiment Station is, part of the Corps of Engineers. And there were a lot of people from all over the world who came and went. There were a lot of military people there. We grew up on a long road, and the kids that we lived about a half a mile down the road were the ones that we played football and wiffle ball and baseball and basketball with. Jimmy and Joey were brothers. My brother and I kind of hung out with them when we were in the neighborhood. And our next-door neighbor, Johnny, who was not athletic but didn't want to be left out, so he tried. Jimmy and Joey had an uncle who was in the Air Force and traveled all over the world and from time to time would come home and bring them things, bring them things from all over the world. He brought magazines from Germany. He brought coins from China. He brought um, little funny-looking hats from Vietnam. And one exciting day, he brought a samurai sword from Japan, which Jimmy and Joey's mother cleverly confiscated before we could really use it on each other. (laughs) But when he brought home a bag of M80s, I guess Jimmy and Joey's mom didn't know what they were. She thought they were just firecrackers and that we would use them up and be done. Actually, an M80 is about a third of a stick of dynamite. Clearly, five little boys should not be entrusted with a bag full of thirds of sticks of dynamite, but there we were. Jimmy and Joey's uncle said that if you threw them in the water, they would continue to, um, the fuse would go, and it would blow up underwater. We tested that out, and it did. Made a very satisfying explosion and splash. One of the other guys suggested that we go ride our bicycles to the National Military Park where the Siege of Vicksburg was, light one and throw it down into a cannon. And we did, and it was a huge report, and a little bit of smoke came out of the end of the cannon. That was very nice. That was my favorite part. Jimmy or Joey had a bow and arrow, not a very good one, but one that would shoot an arrow up in the air, so we tried several times to get the M80 to explode right at the very top of the arc. That never quite worked. Joey thought that it would be a good idea to blow the top off of something, to make the M80 explode something. And so we tried it on mom and dad's garbage can, an aluminum garbage can. We put it in there, put the top on maybe a little bit too tightly. It made a disappointing thump, and the garbage can was unaffected. We taped an M80 to two army men, you know those army men that little boys play with? We taped it together and lit it, and it disfigured those army men in a very satisfying way. We did this for almost a week. The whole neighborhood was in terror of us and our M80s. Jimmy and Joey's mom were apparently, was apparently um, not paying attention. 
We finally got it down to two M80s, and we thought we ought to do something spectacular with these last two. We figured out if we twist the fuses together, we could make them both go off at the same time. I wanted to go back to the National Military Park and put it in one of the big cannons, but that got voted down. Somebody else wanted to go to the pond, which was way down in the woods, and tie them to a stick and make them go way underwater, but we were afraid we wouldn't be able to hear it. Joey wanted to go back with two M80s and blow the top off of that garbage can. He was not given up, but we were afraid that we would sort of go out in an anticlimactic moment. We wanted to go out, pardon this, with a bang. And so somebody suggested, I don't think it was me, I hope it was somebody else, suggested that we put the two M80s in a mailbox and let the force of the explosion open the door. Well, there were some concerns about that plan, but we couldn't agree on anything else. We were going to do it to the Sloan family mailbox, but my brother intervened and said maybe that was not the best idea. Thank goodness. Also, Johnny said that his mom and dad wouldn't like that, and Jimmy's and Joey's was too far down, and so we went across the street to Mr. Florian's mailbox. Mr. Florian worked with my dad, He was sort of in a higher position than my dad. But he took dad fishing from time to time. He had a nice boat. In fact, the plan was that we were going to go all night fishing that weekend. We thought he was a kindly old man, and we thought that he wouldn't be terribly upset by this, or at least we hoped so. We wrapped the two fuses together. Everybody had a part. Um, My brother would hold the M80s, Joey would light it, Jimmy would open, my brother would throw it in, I would close the door, Johnny next door would complain and tell us that this was not a good idea. Everybody had their part. We got everything all set up, we got the two M80s twisted together, we had the matches. Joey told us that it was a federal crime to tamper with the federal mail. We thought that was not a good time to tell us that because we all had everything all set up. The door was open, the fuse was lit, they were thrown in, and just before I closed the door, I realized that there was some paper in there already. Yesterday's mail. When the smoke cleared, the door to the mailbox had indeed been blown open, and both sides had been opened also. And there were tatters of yesterday's mail coming down from where they had been blown up to. Some of them were on fire. Five little boys looked at each other, and without a word, we decided together it was time to run. And so we did. Dad came home from work and found his two boneheaded sons and said, What happened to Mr. Florian's mailbox? We did what any two little kids would do. We assured him that we did not know. He knew, Dad knew that we had these M80s. He knew that we had been exploding things all over where he knew the whole time. He said, are you sure about that? My brother said, yes, sir. Dad gave us some time to think about it. Stay in this room until I come back. And my brother began to assure me and encourage me. They can't prove a thing. They don't know it was us. 
My dad, the civil engineer, came back in and said, Are you ready to tell me what happened to Mr. Florian's mailbox? My brother suggested maybe it was lightning. <laughs> Clear blue sky all day long. Dad told us that we would need to come to grips with this and that we would stay in this room for a while. Dad told us that he was going to go buy Mr. Florian a new mailbox and try to make this right. My brother said, they can't prove a thing. I said, we're supposed to go fishing with Mr. Florian this weekend. He said, we'll go, they can't prove a thing. And something in that was just not right. I couldn't go fishing on Mr. Florian's mailbox, fish all night. I, I couldn't go fishing on his boat knowing that I'd blown his mailbox up. I told my brother, I'm going to go tell Mr. Florian what happened. He said, don't, they can't prove a thing. We can get away with this. I said, I can't, I can't get away with this. I marched myself across the street and got up on the steps and put my finger right next to the doorbell and chickened out. Mr. Florian was going to be so disappointed. This kindly old man seemed awfully, awfully scary to me now. So I went back down the steps, went back across his yard and got about halfway across the street again and thought, I can't go home either. I told my brother I was going to tell. So I turned around and ran up the steps and before I could think about it, rang the doorbell and Mr. Florian came to the door. He looked like he was about nine feet tall. And he looked down at me and I said, Mr. Florian, I blew up your mailbox. He said, I know. And then I didn't have anything else to say and he reached down and tussled my hair and said, you're a good kid. We did go fishing with Mr. Florian. He showed me his new watch that had... Um, radium in the dial so that when you flash, shined your flashlight on it you could see it in the dark. My dad was smoking a cigar and the, the cigar got attacked by a bat. It was a wonderful evening. <laughs> and my brother, who had not been caught and did not admit a thing, sat in the back of the boat, miserable, keeping his secrets, keeping his distance. We will say, you and I, that Jesus died for our sins, died to take away our sins. But far too often, we hold on to them as if they were precious. We will not be forgiven until unless we allow ourselves to be forgiven until unless we are willing to let them go. I think that the purpose of Lent is to bring us to the point where we can take ourselves up onto Mr. Mr. Florian's porch and ring the doorbell and tell what we have done. It's not new information. I don't think we're going to surprise God by saying we've done these things. I'm sure 
that the answer will be, I know. But we have to bring ourselves to that moment where we face our own brokenness, our own selfishness, our own laziness, and offer ourselves broken and in need of healing into the love and grace and mercy of God. So that God can say, you're a good kid. You're a good kid. On Ash Wednesday, we put ashes on our forehead as a mark of our own mortality. We are limited, you and I, and our lifespan is brief. We offer our mortal selves, broken, sinful, selfish, into the love and grace and mercy of God and are reminded that God became incarnate to live and laugh and cry and die as we do, to offer himself up to death on the cross so that we will know that God loves us and forgives us. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wickedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. We entreat you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Lent is a time for us to see ourselves as we really are, including the parts that we would rather not see, the parts that are broken and limited, hurting, incomplete, selfish, sinful, so that we can know that it was us for whom our Lord Jesus died, so that we can know that it was us for whom our Lord Jesus rose from death victorious and us who are invited into the greater glory and mercy of the everlasting love of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.